This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by your K-Pop Sundays before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Odar, Min, and JR. Hello, and welcome back to the very first episode of season four. I can't believe that there's four of them now. Today we'll be talking about a second generation girl group from SM Entertainment, Chonsang Ji Hee, The Grace. Their history deep dive will be broken down into parts. So this episode will start with the members, their pre-debut lives, and the end of their most jam-packed year ever, 2007. As always, our master list will be in the description box. There's always tons of information that is not used in the episodes because of time constraints, so please look at them. JR has done a lot of research. Look at her amazing <laughs> work. But we're so happy to be back for another season, and we hope you enjoy these premiere episodes. So let's just get into it! After the disbandment of SES in 2002, SM Entertainment desperately tried to capture that same girl group magic. But it kind of failed. Milk debuted in 2001, and after only releasing one album and a handful of singles, before disbanding. So, you know... Not not good. And then one year later in 2002, SM tried debuting another girl group, Shinwi, though they too ultimately disbanded after one year and one release. Aside from BOA, female artists from SM also did not have a great run. However, the popularity of their newly debuted boy group TVXQ, also known as DBSK or Dongbon Shinki, they decided that setting up a female a cappella group in a similar fashion would be their best bet. And that group would eventually become known as CSJH, or Chonsang Jihee, and later added the tagline, The Grace. Chonsang Jihee was comprised of four members, Lena, Donna, Sunday, and Stephanie. The group does not have a member hierarchy, and each can fulfill any number of roles. For various reasons, their fan color, which is pearl pink, was a point of contention. We won't be going into that specifically, but maybe we'll discuss it someday in a special episode. Now, let's talk about each member pre-debut before diving into the group itself. Lena was born Lee ji Yun on February 18th, 1984 in South Korea. As some of you might know, we already discussed Lena and her career in our episode on Isak and Jiyeon last year. If you want to hear more about her time in that duo pre-CSJH, we'll have a direct link to listen to that one. However, in that episode, we did not go into her time in Chansang Jihee, so there will be some new info in today's episode. Moving on to the next member, Donna was born Hong Sung Mi on July 17, 1986. As a child, she was a big fan of SM groups HOT and SES. In 1998, she went to a dance competition along with some friends, only to find out that she was too young to enter. As she and her friends sat together crying, a man named Kim Soo Hyun came over and tried to recruit her. This man had discovered Lee Hyo Ri and was under a subsidiary of SM called Shiny Entertainment. A bit of a side note, Shining Entertainment would eventually close down, and Donna would be transferred over to SM for her second album release. However, Donna didn't think that Kim Soo Hyun was a legitimate recruiter at the time and was not persuaded by him. Soon after, her mother was contacted, she gave the okay, and Donna was enrolled as a trainee. 
It is rumored that Dana was actually set to debut as a duo with fellow idol Pak Yuri, who you will know as a member of Kara. However, this was scrapped as Dana built up a rapport with the public by appearing in multiple CFs, HOT's short-lived movie Age of Peace, where she played a character named Princess Dana, and in Kangta's solo debut music video for his song Polaris. Now, officially using Donna as her stage name, at only 15 years of age, she would make her solo debut on September 10th, 2001 with the full-length album simply entitled Donna. Out of the 12 tracks, there were two main singles. To the End of the World was an upbeat pop song about wanting to be with a past love because she realizes that she can't live without them. Diamond was another song in a similar vein that features pre-TVXQ Yoon-ho in the music video as the rapper, though the actual vocals are done by Ho Se-won. You can also find pre-Suju Dong-hae as a backup dancer. Following the release of the album, Donna enjoyed relative success on the charts as well as a positive response from the public. However, her next album would take a while to come out, causing her to find activities in other realms of the entertainment industry. One of those realms was acting. In May of 2002, she would be cast in the teen drama Nonstop 3. At the same time, she would often appear alongside other SM celebs at various schedules, including concerts, and even on a short stint as a VJ. These various activities would continue into 2003. In September of 2003, Donna's season of Nonstop would end, meaning that her character would be ushered out in lieu of new ones. The show had somewhat of a graduation system, so this wasn't too surprising. This worked out nicely for her as her second album, Story Left Behind, would drop the next month on October 1st. This album featured 16 tracks of various genres. The title track, Story Left Behind, sometimes called Maybe, took a different direction from her previous one, this time opting for a sad, slow ballad to show off her vocals. The other song that received a music video was What Is Love, where Donna contemplates what love is and if she's actually in love. The music video for this song features pre-Suju member Shiwon as the main love interest. This album failed to gain traction with the public, and besides her appearance in the SM Town 2004 summer release, Donna was fairly quiet from then on. The third member we are going to discuss is Sunday. She was born Jinbora on January 12, 1987, in South Korea. According to her Namawiki, Sunday started in the entertainment industry, the earliest of all the members, as a child actor. However, there was no source for this and we are unable to find a filmography. Then, in 2001, Sunday participated in the SM Entertainment Youth Best Contest, where she won the grand prize for singing a Whitney Houston song. This was a contest that SM held for years, where kids participated in singing and dancing in the hopes of winning titles. After scoring a win at just 14 years old, she became a trainee at SM Entertainment. While training, she was selected to be an actress in SM duo Fly to the Sky's music video for Maybe God Knows, as the female lead trapped in a love triangle. According to her Namawiki, she then dropped out of her Korean high school and moved to Japan, where she would continue her schooling, at the behest of SM. They wanted to try to reverse boa her by sending her to debut in Japan before returning to debut in Korea. In Japan, she would sign a contract with AVIX, a Japanese company that SM had a long history with, and then go on to debut in July of 2004 with the single album Lila no Kataomoi. It had two tracks and one music video for the title track, Lila's First Love. It's a bubbly track with a sad message about saying goodbye to your first love. She was active in various media and would eventually release her next single in 2005 entitled Usotsuki Boy, which again had two tracks and a music video. 
The title track of the same name was an upbeat pop song with violins and a minimalist music video of Sunday walking with a man in a dog suit in tow in front of different scenes flashing via green screen, because that was a thing at the time. Sometime before this release, Sunday revealed that she had got a phone call from SM asking her if she would debut in CSJH. She agreed and left Japan after barely a year of promotions. Finally, Stephanie, born Kim Bo Kyung on October 16, 1987, was the youngest member of the group. She was born in South Korea, but then immigrated to the States as a child. In the States, she pursued a career in ballet before eventually deciding on chasing her dream of becoming a singer. This led to her going to Korea and auditioning for SM Entertainment. She auditioned with Boa's song and choreography for Valenti and an unspecified Mariah Carey song. In 2004, she also won the same contest as Sunday, making the group home to two winners of the SM Entertainment Youth Best Contest. This also makes her the member with the least amount of training. Now that we have a good foundation of the members, let's discuss the formation of the group and their debut. Starting as early as the end of 2003, SM was set on trying to make their next successful girl group. This was around when Isak and Jiyeon was quietly being split apart and Donna's solo career was slowly on the downturn. As previously mentioned in our Isak and Jiyeon episode, Lena was quietly told to start training again after the failure of her duo's debut. The group never had a formal disbandment and Isak went her own way as Lena prepared for her second debut. Seeing as Donna and Sunday didn't reach the heights of their labelmate Boa, it's understandable that they too were chosen to join the upcoming girl group, and Stephanie had only been a trainee for a little bit before joining the debut lineup. As the members were likely starting to be finalized, articles started to trickle out as early as December 2004. An Everyday Economics article was released talking about SM Entertainment and what they were preparing. The name Chonsang Ji-hee was mentioned, as well as their concept being a dance a cappella group targeting Asia, and that they would consist of four members, though the actual girls would not yet be announced. At the start of 2005 and into early spring, coverage of the group continued as their debut came closer. The group was said to be fluent in multiple languages, helping their chances of capturing the hearts of countries outside of South Korea. It's interesting to note that many of the articles suggesting that a Chinese member would be in their ranks, as we have mentioned, all of the girls are ethnically and racially Korean. However, a problem would soon pop up. On February 19th, Donga Ilbo released an article talking about how over 250 anti-cafes had been created since the announcement of the group. By the time of the girls' debut, over 2,000 were made. I saw someone say that they had a million anti-fans, and I don't know if that's real, yeah. but regardless, that is a ridiculous number. <laughs> the article stated, quote, Most of the members of this anti-cafe are fans of the five-member male group, TVXQ. They say it's difficult to accept Chansang Jihee because it is an a cappella group similar to TVXQ and has a similar name. Finally, in late April, news outlets reported that Chansang Jihee would debut on the 29th with the title track Too Good. This decision was said to be in part to differentiate themselves from their brother group, TVXQ. They wanted to distance themselves from the term idol and focus on their vocals, calling themselves an a cappella pop group. 
This particular point was mentioned later, but it's worth noting now that they also did not want to rely on sex appeal since many girl groups come and go for that exact reason. Now, let's take a quick detour and explain their debut strategy. To begin with, SM wanted the girls to debut with their eventual follow-up song, Boomerang. The initial teaser photos that were released are also in line with this. However, anti-fans, upset at the fact that the girls were the quote-unquote female version of TVXQ, swarmed a poll that SM had released asking fans to choose between Too Good and Boomerang, resulting with Too Good being the rigged winner. SM decided to follow through with this and switched their plan to the ballad track, which, you know, not a good choice in mm. my opinion. Their debut stage was also revealed to be on Inkigayo on May 1st. The articles announcing this were also the first to use the girls' quote-unquote titles. To explain, Chansang Jihee makes up something of an abbreviation. The name overall means heavenly wisdom and joy, but when you break it up by syllable, it contributes to each member and each member's concept. Chun is attributed to Stephanie, who is also called Chanmu Stephanie, meaning heavenly dance. Song is coupled with Lina, becoming Sangmi Lina, meaning heavenly beauty. Ji is attached to Sunday, becoming Ji Sung Sunday, meaning soft sound. And finally, he is attributed to Dana, becoming Heol Dana, meaning happiness. Their debut date finally arrived, and the girls' debut single, Too Good, was released to high acclaim for their vocals. The song itself was a slow, sweet ballad about a union that brings you fulfillment and that will stay together even through tough times. The music video features the girls in soft white dresses, juxtaposed by scenes with them in black tops and jeans. There is no storyline, and the video just cycles through different shots of the members both together and individually. The rest of the album featured an a cappella rendition of Can't Help Falling in Love with You and their eventual follow-up track Boomerang, and a remake of a Japanese track entitled For a Long Time. Alongside the promotions on the music show circuit, the girls also participated in other events. One of these was a live-streamed chatting event with fellow labelmate Kangta. Keep in mind, this was 2005. Other events included performances at various venues, becoming fixed panelists on a handful of programs, and traveling to China fairly frequently for their schedules there. About two months later, the group continued their promotional run, this time switching to their follow-up track Boomerang, in which they attempted to have a radical transformation to a sexy concept. This track was much different than their debut track, it was very upbeat, and the choreography was pretty intense. Many articles during this time praised SM and kept their eye on the company, particularly because of their success with various groups, as well as SM's ambition to branch out across all of Asia with their talents. CSGH would often be mentioned in these articles as they were SM's newest offering, and some pressure was applied due to this. Another thing that we want to mention quickly is that SM and Isuman would occasionally talk about expansion into China and the possible addition of a Chinese member to CSJH. This would never happen, but it was brought up enough times that we feel it should be mentioned. The music scene was also beginning to favor digital purchases very heavily in the mid-2000s, and this contributed to the share price of SM skyrocketing. Digital music is much easier to distribute and get a hold of, especially in international settings. And I am proof enough of that. On August 5th, My Daily released an article announcing CSJH's interactive mobile fan club launching. The app housed a behind-the-scenes tab where each member had a personal corner, a selfie gallery, and a fan club bulletin board. This is a departure from the usual fan cafes. 
the group would have consistent surges of membership following its release. It actually kind of reminds me of the early 90s because they had that. Anyway, the girls continued to take part in various schedules, including TV appearances, music festivals, and diplomatic events such as the Hallyu All-Star event, which was held to commemorate the relations between Korea and Japan. Then at the end of August, the girls would make their debut in China with a Chinese album of the same content as their Korean debut. Throughout the end of 2005, the girl group stayed booked and busy, taking part in a large number of promotional events, all to a somewhat positive response, even winning a rookie group award at the Korean Entertainment Arts Awards at the end of October. They closed out the year by performing on a joint stage with BOA and TVXQ at the SBS Gaio Daejeon, where they also did a stage for Boomerang. January 2006 started off slowly before the news of CSJH's Japanese debut was announced for the 25th of the month. The single album also included a solo track by Sunday entitled Do You Know. It was an upbeat pop song praising a person for being super cool. About a month later, it was announced that the group would be making a Korean language release on March 8th, 11 months after their debut, that would go live in both Japan and Korea at the same time. The track, entitled The Club, would feature solo rapper Rain and be an urban hip-hop song about being in a club and the relationships that come from that. As you can imagine, this is much more in line with Boomerang than their acapella side. The music video itself is very simple and shows the girls in a handful of settings, including a stage and a limousine. We want to make another callback to their debut here. SM originally wanted The Club to be their follow-up promotional track after Boomerang. However, with the scrapping of Boomerang as their debut single, everything was shifted and The Club was also pushed. This single album also had a Stephanie solo track called What You Want. There are a few live performances in which she was praised for her dancing skills. Both songs received positive feedback in Korea and Japan. While there was little promotional activity during this time, the girls would soon come back about two months later in late April with another simultaneous release, this time with a Japanese single entitled Sweet Flower. This track was described by My Daily as, quote, a sophisticated song with a sweet and warm rhythm that lingers in your ears, unquote. The music video definitely mirrored this, showing the girls in flowy boho outfits in front of a green screen sunset, as well as individual shots of them on beds of flower petals. Lena's solo song, Rock and Roll Star, makes up the second track and features her incredible vocals and a heart-wrenching message. Near the end of May, Lena had one of the members' first ever solo schedules. She participated as the female lead in Kangtan Vanessa's collaboration music video, Scandal. The girls continued their promotional run, and once summer rolled around, they would be revealed to participate in the annual SM Town festivities. There would be both an album release in June and a highly anticipated concert appearance with her fellow label mates in July. We love summer albums. It was a hot mess of a time. Around the same time, on June 26th, Kangtan Venices released another song. This time, the video featured Stephanie as the female lead. Unfortunately, by the time July actually rolled around, the aforementioned SM Town concert would be postponed until winter as the weather was just too rainy to hold the show safely. This new show date would never actually take place. It was later revealed that some thought it was cancelled due to poor ticket sales. However, this was not confirmed. Okay, so some would like to take that to their graves. We see that with YG too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> 
Though hearts were heavy with this cancellation, Chon Sang Ji Hee was gearing up to release their fourth simultaneous single drop. This track, entitled Juicy Love, featured Japanese regular rapper Cornhead and was produced by famous Japanese singer Ketsumeshi and Fusen. After Japanese releases, this one, in JR's opinion, is the worst one. <laughs> the song is difficult to listen to, which is not incorrect. The music video is their most simple yet. The members are in a vaguely tropical setting, wearing flowy skirts and tanks with short cardigans, and then cuts to a club scene which featured the rapper. The second track of the single is Dana's solo song Beyond Goodbye, which is a slow ballad about a painful breakup. On the same day as Juicy Love's release, a Star News article was dropped discussing the decline of female dance groups. Chan Sang Jihee was mentioned by the author, saying that they seem to be a fairly stable one amidst all of the unstable ones, essentially. <laughs> it's interesting to note that during this time, boy groups dominated the idol music market. This article's reasoning for girl groups' lack of popularity is that their album sales lag due to them being unable to tap into the young female fan bases. An industry expert also discussed the thin line that these groups have to tread. Quote, a sexy group might get a lot of attention at the time of its birth, but if the visuals are too strong, the audio will be buried. Unquote. For the next few months, the group was fairly quiet. However, two very important announcements came at the end of October. The first was that the group would be making a Korean comeback at the beginning of November, and the next was that they would be undergoing a fairly big change. After two years of promotions, the group name would add a tagline and become Chansang Jihee The Grace. They also dropped all of the girls' titles and just made them Lena The Grace, Stephanie The Grace, <laughs> and so on. And I don't know why they did that. I think it's kind of strange, but side note. SM explained the change by saying, quote, This is a measure to make the team color more clear. It is said that the English word grace, which means elegant and dignified, was used to convey the meaning of a group that focuses on beautiful harmony. Unquote. The other reason for this change was to make them more marketable to English-speaking countries, as Stephanie herself would say multiple times during future comeback. On November 3rd, nine months after their last Korean comeback, Chonsung Jihee The Grace released their newest single, Passion, My Everything. It was also available online for free on a few websites for a limited time. The title track of the same name was, quote, a modern R&B ballad with acoustic guitar and orchestra medleys, unquote. As the title suggests, the song is about how their significant others are their everything. The music video shows the members dressed in white with flowy hairstyles in various mansion rooms and a garden. It flashes to scenes of a girl and a boy. The boy in the video would go on to be a member of the now disbanded group Hotshot, Timoteo. The video shifts about 10 years and Yuna from the upcoming girl group SNSD and Kiboom from Super Junior make an appearance as an older version of the girl and Timoteo. The other tracks are The Final Sentence, which is a bubbly pop track about a breakup, Iris, which is a chill mid-tempo ballad, and an acapella remake of George Michael's song, Faith. The girls would take their time and perform on the music show circuit, however, there seems to be no follow-up promotions with the new track. On October 31st, the girls are back at the Korean Entertainment Arts Awards, this year winning the Hallyu All-Star Award. Then on November 11th, Star News released an article talking with the members. They discussed their beginnings and how they felt a sort of rivalry between themselves before becoming a truly tight-knit group of friends, even sisters. They also discussed the difficulty of being in a country where only one of their members spoke the language well. 
However, since they were fighting the same battles, it made them grow closer. Finally, they stated they wanted to take up the space left by SES. The girls continued to participate in concerts, basketball games, and various TV show appearances. And at the beginning of December, they were announced to take part in SM's winter release, 06 Winter SM Town. They participated in the main track, Snow Dream, as well as the group song, Dreams Come True. The girls finished out the year by performing at the 2006 Korea Gaio Dae on December 31st. The Grace was booked and busy from the first week of 2007. They were announced to participate in an event by an online gaming company, they lent their voices to a couple of K-drama OSTs, performed a special stage with boy group Paran on Music Bank, and finally, Sunday had earned a spot as MC on Music Tank. Near the end of April, it was announced that the girls would be making a shocking transformation for the first ever full-length album that would drop in the next week. A couple of days later, the album cover, which featured the girls with flowing hair and a dreamy vibe, was released, which encouraged hype further. Then, on May 4th, Once More OK was released. They revealed that they had tried to enhance both their visuals and their singing and dancing techniques with the comeback. The title track of the same name as the album is an upbeat hip-hop pop song with your quintessential club lyrics. The music video features the girls in white club outfits and rooms with intense lights. One of the sets featured individual shots of each member and their names behind them on an LED screen. Something of note is that Lena cut off her fairly long hair to sport a super short style. The rest of the album includes songs of different genres and topics, including ballads and breakup songs, pop songs, and love songs. One other track we want to highlight is Dancer in the Rain, which could be described as a pop rock 80s-esque track. It was about dancing in the rain and crying through the pain of a breakup. The song also received a music video in which the members are shown in a handful of different sets, one in particular being a water-filled set for some really interesting shots of their intense choreography. During the beginning of their promotions, a very positive article by Sports Chosun was released detailing the difference in girl groups from the late 90s and the early 2000s to the current day of 2007. They stated, quote, Chonsung Jihee, the leader of these groups, debuted in 2005 with singles such as Too Good and Boomerang. It was a time when the passion for women's groups had slowed down, but from the beginning, they devoted themselves to activities targeting the overseas market. Before releasing their full-length album, they released a single in Japan early, unquote. On top of a rigorous music show schedule, The Grace took on an OST, fan events, multiple performances at different venues, as well as radio and TV appearances. Near the end of May, Newsis, another news site, reported on Once More OK and their music video sweeping the charts for two weeks in a row. This was the highest the group had ever ranked up to this point. This would be further solidified with them taking their first ever music show win on June 7th at M Countdown. The members were teary-eyed and thankful as they accepted the award. Two days later, the girls would appear at the 2007 Dream Concert along with their fellow industry mates. During this performance, Donna would injure her ankle and would take some time off to rest. This would mean that she would miss their second win on the 17th at Inkigayo. And just the fact that this was when their first win was not my everything? Like, <laughs> the public was asleep at the wheel, honestly. Mm-hmm. So was SM. I don't blame Me. the public. <laughs> no, I blame them too. How do you, how do you not hear that and go, <laughs> yes? However, in the midst of this, the song was deemed harmful to the youth and received a 19-plus rating. This is significant because some say that teenagers were the driving force behind the success of this particular track. The girls continued to promote the album through various different promotions. 
They appeared on Boom's School of Rock, where they went through a handful of missions, as well as put on a surprise show for the service members on the army base that they were at. Given their newfound popularity, the girls had yet another interview with Star News. This short section from the author gives a good idea of the thoughts on them. Quote, Since their debut, they had been nicknamed Women's TVXQ due to their team name and Chinese characters. But the aftertaste somehow wasn't clear, and they were criticized for not being fresh because all but Stephanie were not rookies. In addition, the results were not as good as the topic at the time of debut. Unquote. The girls also felt the pressure of not being an immediate success unlike many of their other fellow label mates. However, they pushed through with positivity in order to keep their morale up. These thoughts made their wins with once more okay all the more meaningful. During the first third of July, promotions for once more okay ended, and it was announced that the girls would start follow-up promotions with their song Fox. They would start up with this new song on Music Bank the very next day. At the same time, they were continuing to fill up their schedules with a baseball game and radio show appearances, various performances like the Busan Beach Festival, and some charity work. One week into August, it was announced that the Grace would be releasing their fifth Japanese single with the title track Piranha. The song was released on the 1st in Japan, then in Korea on the 8th. The track is about a love that is aggressive like a piranha. The music video features the members in a warehouse in black clothes, sets of chairs, and men that essentially dance battle with them. The rest of the single's tracks were previous Korean releases remade into Japanese. We also have to highlight the fact that many Korean fans were upset that SM didn't take greater advantage of the group's newfound popularity with Once More OK, and instead, once again, shipped them off to Japan without, you know, capitalizing on their newfound success. <laughs> Piranha proved to be popular by topping Melon's K-pop chart, hitting number one just two days after its release. Over the rest of August and into September, they participated in the Live B concert, an SM family concert in Japan, and they also appeared on Showbiz Extra's 500th episode. On October 6th, Chan Sang Ji Hee attended the Korean Entertainment Awards ceremony, where they received the Group Singer Award, which was their third consecutive prize from this particular show. However, at the beginning of November, two separate articles were released, discussing SM's poor track record with female artists and the overall failure of The Grace. The second article, published by Newsis, reported that this was because there were already powerhouses in the industry taking up space and therefore there was no room for The Grace. It is also important to note that a few months prior, SM had debuted Girls' Generation to much quicker and better results. Then, on November 13th, The Grace was revealed to be releasing their first full-length Japanese album, Graceful 4, in Japan and Korea, simultaneously on the 14th of the month. It was a studio album with a DVD of music videos as well as an introduction video. The 12-track release only had four brand new songs, with the others being of previous releases. The first one, I'll Kiss You, is an upbeat, poppy song and has a bit of an R&B flair. It's a song about being someone's strength and holding on to them during difficult times. Pardon Me is a song about confronting a cheating boyfriend that shows the group in a much more authoritative and aggressive light. If you watch the performances, yes. 5CM is a slow pop track about a man and woman who are friends with just a tiny gap between them, but they find that gap impossible to tread. The final new track, Get On The Floor, featured a Japanese rapper and was an intense electronic club song with matching lyrics. A few days after this release, the girls attended the Mnet KM Music Festival, known today as MAMA. 
They unfortunately lost Girl Group of the Year to Sia, but won the Dance Music Award for Once More OK. This was a very contentious event due to the fact that Shin was Minwoo and Hyesung dropped out of the show at the last minute due to the veracity of the votes and their deliberation process. A couple of days after the fact, Minwoo's agency revealed that the data they received from the MKMF showed that the Grace did not actually win the dance award. We couldn't find any follow-ups on this claim, so there is that. JR did her best. <laughs> Absolutely wild. They were making a couple claims around this time, and I believe that majority, if not all, of their claims turned out to be true, or were highly suspected yeah, so. of being true, so... Which, again, that doesn't reflect on the grace themselves. No. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so we want to make that clear. <laughs> well, and especially considering the reputation Mama has, I feel like mm-hmm. Shinwa was definitely part of giving them that sort of reputation. Yep. The end of the year finally arrived, and the Grace participated in two SM-related events. The SM Town Christmas release and a holiday concert event with their fellow SM label mates. Their final schedule was performing at the 2007 SBS Gaio Dejon. Stephanie participated in a special stage, which was a dance battle with Lee Min Woo, and a joint stage with Super Junior and SNSD was also on the roster. After multiple releases, countless performances, and their first ever music show wins, 2007 came to an end. As we've said before, this timeline has been incredibly condensed. From pre-debut to the end of 2007 was around 65 pages of notes, so if you want more specific details, definitely check that out. Now that we have seen the height of their career, we'll be talking about the group's decline and eventual disbandment next episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, tell your friends about us, and review us on Podchaser. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSunbase or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, don't forget that our next episode comes out on July 16th, 2023. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong.